0: Down and 20. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the 3rd and 20 Dynasty Podcast. I'm JT, joined by the usual crew of Frank, Jake, and Lunas. This is Season 2, Episode 18. We are on Week 14 of the NFL season, so we're probably one week out from NFL playoffs. Uh, I know our home league is in a tight playoff race I'm sure a lot of you are too, so I I bet there's a bunch of mixed listeners. People are out there looking for Debbie content. People are looking to see what trades and what players to cut before the playoffs and whatnot. I think we got everything for you guys, so let's just kick it off. Let's get right into it with the news and notes. Um, Starting us off, it seems to be the big topic of the week, a thing that I'm sure all of you are about to cringe to do, but I think we should all do it, everyone. Let's, Let's all pat ourselves on the back. Give ourselves a nice pat on back. Because we, as a podcast, had Javante Williams as a running back one. Um, and he's just taken Twitter, Reddit by storm. Keep Trade Cut has him ranked as running back four. Javante Williams, boys.
1: We aren't selling. We are not <laughs> selling. Well, it's funny. If you, if you look at some of the popular Twitter accounts, apparently nobody had Javante Williams as their RB1, which, I mean – To be completely honest, I I think that's just false. Like, I feel like a decent amount of people were on the Javante Williams hype train along with us. Um, And, like, lastly, you're not going to, as a rookie, get that high on keep trade cut without, like, a bandwagon following to a certain extent. Because that's just kind of how it works, right? If you're one of the dudes that has no truthers, then you're going to just get bogged down. So... Javante Williams, truthers, we are here and we are not selling until he's RB1. <laughs>
0: oh
2: well,
3: And then we we're just hitting that, but... the sell button very hard. No, yeah, we're, not. we're was... never
1: selling. We
2: never sell. We never talk. It, it was weird. They were, like, mad that, like, people called him correctly. Like, and, like they were almost <laughs> like mad. It's like, there's no way you got it. And we're like, yeah, a lot of people said it.
1: <laughs> we had he was and back was in college. college. Just watch the Miami game. He's just, like, taking grown humans and throwing them around as he runs for, like, 300 yards,
3: and it's exactly what you pointed out when we were breaking down all the rookies in the offseason in preparation for rookie drafts. His mis forced miss tackle rate is just absurd. It was absurd in college. He leads the NFL in it right now, and it's just I'm a little surprised it's stayed this high throughout the entire season, but can't say we didn't call it.
0: Well, look, I mean, it was an easy prospect to see when you were talking about the draft class he was in. He was coming out with like The other top guys were basically all seniors. He even supplanted the senior on his team and Michael Carter, who ended up being, I think, a third-round pick, fourth-round pick, whatever he was. Um, It it was just like there are so many good signs and and pro signs in in Javante's favor, and the Broncos even traded up for him. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. I, I think as a podcast, we did a good job. I don't know. Frank, Frank's touched on this point, though, before he even touched on it last week with the Narcos Jr. analogy, where it's like, yeah, we, we had him as a running back one, but to me, like, I didn't like the other running backs. So, like, it's hard for me to fully victory lap this one because, like, I probably wasn't as high on Javante as some of you guys were in the grand scheme of thing, uh, things, like, in in the, in
2: in the overall the running total running back, running back, back yeah, yeah.
0: rankings. So, I don't know. I mean, I still feel good about, like, where I have him in the rookie draft and everything, but, like... I probably could have even put him up a little higher, to be honest. I think a lot of people could have. A lot of the most vocal people on Twitter uh, who are like, I had Javante as running back one, could have had him up a little higher than they did.
1: But, yeah. Well, yeah, that, that's what – real quick before we move on to the next topic, it's one thing that's interesting is that you see so many people – the same people that victory-lapped Jamar Chase are now, it seems like, victory-lapping Jalen – not Jalen Waddell um, – Javante Williams, where I feel like their ADP I Victory up I was, was saying, yeah, no, no up Levano, but the but thing is, different. is that Javante Williams ADP was very close to Jamar Chase's. You know, if you were going to pick one of them, unless you just had a horde of draft picks, um, you probably had to make the decision. Oh, do I want Chase? Do I want Javante? I mean, if you were choosing between the two, it, it seems like there wasn't really a wrong answer, but it just is curious to me to see like, a, how many draft picks do these fucking people have? Or B, like, <laughs> there's some sort of disconnect because you had to make the choice between one of the two. You can't have every, all, the, all the good players. You can't like everyone. You got you to gotta make the decision on, on one guy at the end of the day. So
0: Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I think yeah you don't have a right Watch
1: side. out out here in the jungle <laughs> of fantasy football analysis.
0: Yesterday it was uh, last week as Narcos Junior. Now we're in the jungle. <laughs> yeah, we're
1: in the jungle. Well,
0: Devontae is taking. It, like, at what point is it too high? I guess is is the last right
1: thing now, we'll touch on with at him.
2: RB four.
3: See, I don't. I don't know, I have know if I agree with that because RB
2: four is high. Well, I just forward, remember.
3: Do you think they resign Melvin Gordon this offseason? No, I don't see it. I, I, could see I don't them even know if it, I care. I could see them bringing in another back, so Javante's not the only running back in, that's in, in that offense, obviously. But bringing back a guy like Melvin Gordon, who's probably going to demand a decent contract after the season he's had, I just don't see them, them doing that. I can see them bring in more of a role player behind Javante and giving him a bigger workload, which is only going to make him maintain value at worst.
1: I don't know, dude. Like I mean, t- Running back four
0: is high. See, we had the so same weird. conversation last year. With Jonathan Taylor, yeah, exactly.
1: And with with Justin Jefferson, a lot of people were kind of saying, Oh, well, you have to sell him at wide receiver one, which I was on that train at first until you I watched some of the Vikings games back before my game pass expired. And it's like, Well, this guy's insane. Like wide receiver one, whether he's wide receiver two, valued whatever, like, okay, and if I'm unless I'm getting a franchise for him, I'm gonna keep the dude because he's a stud. To me, it's a similar thing with Javante. I mean, you're, you guys were talking about guys that were high on Javante. I had him as a top ten running back coming into the season before he stepped foot on the ground. Now these are before. Like, why? Why am I selling? Unless I am getting the house, I'm not selling. Which I don't think people are willing to offer the house right now. So to me, he's he's staying on the roster, baby. We are riding him right now.
2: Oh, I didn't mean necessarily the like to trade him while he's high. Um, I, I just meant in terms of like. If you did your running back rankings right now, is he is he in your top four?
1: For yeah, me, he's probably,
2: probably for me, he's probably somewhere six, seven, eight, a little bit lower. His four top fours. I probably may have probably have him at five or six. My question to you
0: though, Frank, right is. I'm walking up to you. Um, you. You have Javante Williams, and I'm going to try and make a trade with you. I'll toss out three different names. Tell me which ones, yes, no, and then at the end you could say which you are more inclined to if if you say no or yes to all of them. Uh, Javante for Joe Burrow? No. You're holding Javante?
1: Most of the time. Okay. I, it is a little bit circumstantial there because we kind of go back into the if you don't have any quarterbacks – and you need a piece to build your team around long-term, well, Joe Burrow is one of the better pieces to do that. Mm -hmm. If I have a good team that has, like, Kirk Cousins and Tua, even though I could look to upgrade, I'd rather have the running back of Javante's caliber.
0: Also, point of clarification in case there's any new listeners. Like, we're talking Superflex. Um, So, Javante or Kyle Pitts?
1: Fuck you. Um, That's a (laughs) tough one. (laughs)
2: I'm
0: still
1: in trouble here.
0: You're going pits. I I
1: think I'm leaning pits because pits was one of three players that I had above Javante in my Mm -hmm. rookie rankings.
0: Lewis, would you have taken Burrow there in in the other trades? And Burrow's
2: tough. I think I'm kind of in a similar position as as Frank, where it's like if you have no QBs, where like you're not going to be competing for like the next two, three years, then yes, I would take Burrow. But if you if you have, like, two starable quarterbacks that you're, like, trying to win over the next two, three years, I'm probably leaning Javante. All
0: right, and then last one. Let's see. I don't know which one's going to be the most interesting for you guys. Let's do Javante or DeAndre Swift.
1: I mean, for me, it's, it's Javante, but that's <laughs> yeah. also kind of coming from a somewhat De- DeAndre Swift hater. I thought you were going to throw out Christian McCaffrey because that's one that I'm a little bit back and forth on. Um, I still think I'd rather have Christian McCaffrey than Javante Williams, even though uh, he's above
3: him on keep trade cut. Yeah. Christian McCaffrey is plummeted. McCaffrey is r- running back five right now to Javante's running back four, which is just something heading into the season I don't think any of us expected.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, keep trade cut has Nick Chubb and Christian McCaffrey at the exact same, which I mean, Nick Chubb is a very good player. Don't get me wrong. But like, if you're talking about age and everything, they're the same age, Christian McCaffrey just gets like 10 more points per game when, when they're both healthy and it's
1: just, yo, like, man, P, health. I, I'm going to pronounce this wrong. P2thar. Thank you so much, dude, for the kind words in the chat.
0: Oh. We record chat. Tuesday oh, we night appreciate if you're it.
1: listening to the pod, get in the chat.
0: Yeah. I forget. Um, there there are people in the podcast, listening to us on podcasts. that probably miss a lot of visual stuff. Um, so if you want to hit us up on YouTube and see stuff, um, all right, where was I going next? Oh, let's just move on. Uh, Minshew Mania returns. Um, that was another uh weird situation where on Twitter, I don't know if you guys saw it, there's the whole Gardner Minshew and the Eagles beat the Jets, and some guy on Twitter was like, Why is he celebrating so hard? It's the Jets. <laughs> like, me and 11 people could have beat the Jets. Like, I hate that Twitter, <laughs> Twitter just went after that guy like a crazy,
2: like, why just, shouldn't he? <laughs> It was it was his first start this entire season.
0: <laughs> I know, I know, when you have Jalen Hurts in our league, right? And you yeah. saw what Gardner Minshew did. Is there actually any concern? Like, like, what's the panic meter about have? Minshew? Yeah, like a one to ten level.
2: Uh, can I say like a zero or one or two? I mean, you can. Oh. Sure. If the, yeah. If you're I'm, the
3: Jalen Hurts owner, your concern is not with Minshew. Your concern not is Minchu. with the likes My, of, uh, the of, top Russell, end of Russell or Russell Wilson, of,
2: Deshaun Watson. Yes. My concern is not. They're not going to start Minshew over Jalen Hurts. Like if you ask about concerns of the Jalen Hurts owner, Whoa. your fear is, hey, they have three first round picks, and Wilson yeah. and Deshaun Watson might be on the trademark. And, and that should know, be just... your rogers i don't think they'd go for kind of the older quarterback because they still need to build some parts of the roster but i mean if rogers became available i don't know if anyone's saying no but yeah like that's the concern for jalen hurts owners um they're not going to be high enough to pick matt corral it's a relatively weak quarterback class if it was like last year's class it'd be a whole different factor but Quarterbacks
3: this class are getting underrated
1: yeah but what about Minchu though what do we? If, if you have I think Minshew be a or looking for a cheap, I agree. He's a, he's a top thirty-two quarterback in the NFL currently. What's his value though? Is he a second-round pick now?
0: I'm not giving up a second. What a I, don't think, I don't think I don't think the, you need to. I don't Jags. think you need
3: to give up a second-round pick for Gardner Minshew right now. I think a lot of people are down on him since he got just completely thrown away by the Jaguars and then signed a deal to be the backup quarterback in Philly. I mean, he played really good this Sunday, albeit it was against the Jets. So don't want to read too much into that, but he's shown in the NFL that he can be a productive quarterback. Now he might not be the most showy quarterback. He's not going to go out there and throw for 400 yards and, and five touchdowns, like the likes of Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, all those guys, but he's a guy that can win you games. He's a tough guy. He puts his body on the line and he manages the game. Well, he will not lose you the game, which is a thing that I think a lot of teams would take rather than who they have right now.
1: Yeah, right now, Minshew is still super low on keep trade cut. He's at about a thousand value. So you're right, he'd be around the third uh-huh. round pick category. I, I feel like if I had Minshew, I'm not gonna sell him for a third. Like right now the upside is just kind of worth it. Cause to me, and I saw reports of this on Twitter, apparently like teams are now thinking about Minshew as a potential trade opportunity. And I could easily see that happening in the offseason after kind of the quarterback carousel happens with whatever happens with Deshaun Watson, Rodgers, all the guys that we just mentioned. If there's a team that gets boned and we're going to go over some of the teams that are going to be looking at quarterbacks, well, all of a sudden, a team might might be choosing between Minshew or a Jimmy Garoppolo or something. And if you're a team, like Lunas was saying, where – you're looking for more of a franchise quarterback than a bridge quarterback or like a rental kind of quarterback maybe you say fuck it and throw a third round pick or a fourth round pick whatever it costs in the NFL draft for a Minshew
2: what the Jags sold him for was ridiculous I'm pretty sure (laughs) if I remember correctly the Eagles got more for Joe Flacco than the Jags did for Minshew they did yeah Vision. Which is which is I don't know why the Jags sold him that low. Like I know you're going to start Lawrence obviously probably to
0: avoid but quarterback controversy. Still
2: but, they yeah. sold him for what a six?
1: Yeah, but yeah. I, there's there's a lot more stuff that goes on behind the scenes too though because Minshew was probably just wanted out for his career as well. Like I mean T laws there. There's no potential, so he probably went to the organizations like dude trade me. And then what are you going to do? Keep a guy hostage looking for like a fifth round pick instead of a sixth? <laughs>
0: I guess. Would, you, would you guys rather have Minshew or Trubisky
1: in Dynasty? That's a good question because I think they're
2: kind of in similar positions. I, I, I think would, Mitch's um, upside
3: is higher. Mitch has a higher upside, but I do think fourth. that a team that is looking for a bridge quarterback would rather play Gardner Minshew because he's a safer option. He's not going to turn the ball over as many times as Mitch might.
2: I actually fully agree with Jake there. Huh? I think I think Mitch has the higher ceiling, but I think a team will feel in, more comfortable with Minshew. In in Dynasty, I just think
0: Mitch is stuck in, in Buffalo. He's because the Buffalo knows the value of a backup quarterback. They're just gonna hold on to Mitch. Whereas Gardner Minshew could end up anywhere. And and that kind of unknown I think kind of propels M- Minchu to me.
1: Here's the one thing I will say about Minshew is that and we, we need to see more games probably before I can make a full opinion. But the big problem that I had with Minshew in Jacksonville was too much off-schedule stuff for a guy that doesn't have that upper-tier talent, right? He he had that mm-hmm. – this is going to sound crazy, but bear with me – that kind of okay. like Mahomes-esque play style in terms of just holding to the ball, rolling out, mm-hmm. trying – and, and Mahomes is well. athletic and he's got a fucking cannon, so he can kind of get away with it. Minshew, on the other hand, when he does that – He's not going to get away with it as much. So, so we're putting him.
0: You're putting him somewhere between Ben DiNucci and Patrick Mahomes.
1: Well, no, like just (laughs) that 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 sort of play style. Where (laughs) wow, but it's too off schedule. You know, he needs to he needs to dial it back where he can still like Tony Romo was a guy that was able to do off schedule stuff, but he didn't live in it. He didn't live in that
3: world. My point is how much of that off schedule stuff was was Minshew versus the Jags. Offensive line was garbage. His receivers weren't open. Well, you yeah, look at that
1: Eagles game the other day. I mean, he he looks like he knows the playbook inside and out. I mean, he's getting the uh, – now, I, I will give some credit where credit is due. The Jets' defense wasn't making it very hard on him. Um, C.J. Mosley I, does not look like an NFL linebacker anymore in pass coverage. Dallas Goddard had years of space. Um yeah.
3: Goddard just torched him. This he, he was but wide he open good. on both the and yeah, Especially. He looked second like he line really line. trusted
1: his arm. I mean, fact of the matter is, like you could have bought Minshew for low, and I have Minshew. I'm not looking to sell him for anything aside from a very, very early third or a very, very late second. Um, I, I think I'd rather just keep him for upside and see if... Because the, the minute that he gets traded to a potential starting job, you can get a second-round pick for him.
2: Yeah. All right. A thousand percent.
0: Um, moving on, we have Joe Brady who was surprisingly out of nowhere kind of fired as the Panthers head coach. Um, Matt Rule apparently wanted to to run the ball more, is what I think Schefter and Rapport were were tweeting out. Something along the lines of they won the Panthers. They thought their recipe for success was about thirty something runs per game. They only average like 18 runs since they want to switch their game plan, so I
3: mean, they're what do just you expect kind of when Brady. you hire Joe Brady, who's coming off the LSU team that has Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, uh, and Burrow, and you go to a team that has Christian McCaffrey? He's I, I don't know what you like. I don't know what they expected here.
0: Yeah, well, clearly they expected different because now uh, apparently Joe more Brady's rush attempts. There. Yeah, <laughs> I mean,
2: look, I. We we discussed this. Given, I was going to say he's he given two terrible quarterbacks and PJ Walker, and then McCaffrey, <laughs> <laughs> and then McCaffrey, who's the entire offense. Like their offense looked noticeably different when he's in versus like you look at the what games that he mostly play. The first three games of the season, and that Arizona game in the middle of the year, and uh, I guess mm-hmm. that Washington game where they didn't look that bad uh, against Washington, even though they lost. Um, like what are you really supposed to do with the rest of the offense? Like Robbie Anderson's disappointed this year. Um, Terrace Marshall isn't quite ready yet. Like, you really only had DJ Moore help you. Uh, We
0: we talked about this, like, just uh, as a side, uh, as a group before. And, like, I was struggling internally with whether, like, Matt Rule was, like, smart and realized that Sam Darnold, you know, he never won Sam Darnold. uh, He he was pushing for Deshaun or Mac Jones. And he realized that Sam Darnold's not that good, and, and he thought he should run the ball. Or Matt Rule's one of those guys who, you know, he sees, like, Teams that run the ball more and, like, like you know when you see those Cowboys stats when Zeke Elliott runs the ball 25 times, they win, like, 75% of the time, but it's actually just because the Cowboys are running out the clock in the third and fourth quarter. Like – I, I couldn't tell if Matt Rule was the guy that thought more runs equals more wins, or my quarterback how, sucks. How, how are you, so let how me are you gonna, run the ball How more. are
2: you going to diss the more runs equals more wins agenda with the Patriots posted behind you? <laughs> <All> right, well,
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, he's got you there, Tulsi. I
0: mean, if we, in the side note, I just I don't understand how the Bills didn't know that the run, <laughs> run was coming every that's single play. It was, just couldn't do anything. But That's very that's a different story. <laughs> yeah, different track. Um, so, to me, I, I don't know. I, I just think I, I want to give Rule the benefit of the doubt and just like, yeah, like Sam Darnold's not good. Like, let's just run the ball because we can't throw the ball. Um, I, I don't know. To me, it's, it's weird. I don't know what direction the Panthers are taking, and I don't know what Joe Brady's going to do. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? I, I feel mean,
3: like Matt Rule's – like... Go, Go
2: ahead, Jake. Oh, okay, I was gonna say I feel like Matt Rule's been a pretty solid head coach for them for the past two seasons. Like I feel like he got the best out of Bridgewater, attempted to get the best out of Donald, that didn't really go well. I'm gonna say it's like probably the Donald thing, and then I texted it to you, but I, I think probably Rule's the one who wanted to make a move for Watson, um, and just I don't know the input on Joe Brady and those quarterback decisions. We we'll, won't really ever know, but unless it like leaks or something. But I'm, I'm going to guess it's probably the other thing you suggested where he's like, our quarterbacks are ass. Like, we should be running
3: the ball a majority of the time. The decision that I just think at the end of the day, this whole front office just messed up completely was you had pick eight. You had Justin yeah. Fields and Mac Jones sitting in your face and you took a cornerback. I understand J.C. Horn has been good. And no, no knocks on J.C. Horn here. But, like, you court. had two guys that, you know, both were considered – Good quarterback prospects. You needed a quarterback. And instead, you said, we're going to take the guy from the Jets. (laughs) I I, I just, I I mean, I agree. Like,
2: passing on, I would have really liked to see Fields on that offense. Or even Mac Jones. I think either of them would have succeeded. Either offense. I mean,
3: Fields is interesting because you could run a triple option if you wanted to with McCaffrey, and that would be dangerous. And even Mac Jones, I think Mac Jones and Joe Brady would have made a good pairing as well. So, never know.
2: All right. Um, let's move on
0: then. T. Higgins, he's back. He's yeah. been out-targeting Jamar Chase. They have pretty similar points, though, just because of the you know nature of what passes they're getting and everything. Um, but T. Higgins is back. Uh, people were writing him off for who knows what reason. He's getting replaced by Jamar. He's not as good. I don't know. I mean – I think it's more of a – there's like a very small amount of people that were really doing that, and then there's a very loud Twitter group that just kept defending T. Higgins, but it was kind of that straw man thing where no one was really that anti-T. Higgins. Uh, But nonetheless, T. Higgins, he he dipped to like – I want to say like wide receiver 20, 18 was his lowest. I could pull it up on Keep Trade Cut to say exactly. But he dipped for a little bit, and now after his most recent games, he's back up. Um, to now currently on keep trade cut he's wide receiver 17 he let's track his value he was originally uh before the start of the season he was all the way up at wide receiver like 11 at his peak and then at his lowest he was wide receiver 25 just a few weeks ago now he's bounced back to wide receiver 16 currently um so he's he's back um i don't know i don't think there are many people that were trading t higgins i i just don't think You know, it it was ever the right move to do. If you feel,
2: if I was going to say, if you feel sad about not being able to buy low on T. Higgins because their owners didn't do it, there's another receiver that's (laughs) extremely similar to me. Chase Claypool is the one who I think is going to be kind of like a similar like resurrection and like, oh yeah, I forgot he's that good as a rookie. And you could probably buy low on him now. I think some owners are starting to get pessimistic. He's currently
0: wide receiver twenty four on Keep Trade Cut. Right next to Rashad Bateman and Marquise Brown.
1: I mean, I, I agree with what you were saying, JT, about the straw man argument. Dude, if you didn't like T. Higgins, you were selling him this offseason when his vet like when you knew you could cash in at a good price to me. If you panicked on T. Higgins and because I mean it's not like the volume wasn't there. You know, he was getting the targets. It just it wasn't working. And that's just the thing with receivers. Like you'll see. Guys go in slumps. Shit happens. It, it it's a wonky position where a lot of your points will come from just a handful of plays. Um in general, kind of like what you were just saying, Lunas, how Chase Claypool's a buy. I feel like a lot of the receivers in that range, whether it's Cortland Sutton, Chase Claypool, T. Higgins, if you're able to pick up any one of those dudes low or do the classic trade where you're going from one of the more hyped receivers, let's just say DJ Moore, for example, when he was at that top five valuation, we were saying, Hey, if you can go from DJ Moore to T Higgins in a first, well, I'm I'm going to do that just because I think the talent level is very similar. And the first round pick makes up too much of that difference, right? Unless you yeah. really think that receiver is a, a, an insanely stud level receiver I think moving down from those guys is the move. And, yeah, T. Higgins is back. That, that's a good offense. That, T. I, T. Higgins should be a good player.
0: I, I offered Jake that John exact trade player. in our league. Uh, he he, he did, did not accept
1: it. <laughs> you
3: did offer me that exact
0: trade. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I almost got it. It didn't, didn't go. <laughs> but, yeah.
3: <laughs> Made um, me think for a second. Made me think. Yeah,
0: I, at the time, it was definitely a compelling thing because T. Higgins wasn't producing and D.J. Moore was getting, like, 20 receptions a game. Um, now it's very different. Uh, But speaking of wide receiver talk, why don't we just move on to what I think we're going to agree on here, the undisputed wide receiver one. That's Jamar – not Jamar Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Um, Justin Jefferson had another great week uh, with Adam Thielen getting hurt in, like, the first half. Uh, He is, like, just leagues above Jamar Chase currently on keep trade cut. He's ranked at a a value of 9,556. While Chase Ooh. is at 8,214, there's about, so that's 1,300 what's, points what's separating those two. And then Chase is only 600 points above CD Lamb. So there's a big,
2: big Wait, Did you gap say Lamb was wide receiver two? Well, Lamb was wide receiver
0: three. three. Lamb's okay. 600 points behind Chase, but Chase is 1,300 okay. points behind Jefferson. Jefferson is far and away wide receiver one. And I think as a pod, we're going to agree rightfully so, right? Like no one disagrees with that, right?
2: I, I agree. Jefferson should be wide receiver one. What's the difference? What, like, what's thirteen hundred like in a draft pick?
3: Uh, well, all right, it, it's, it's a different. Pick, it's around a well, actually, third, no. I should I should yeah. really yeah. say that because it's... anyone,
2: I mean, any that hypothetical trade, anyone who owns Jamar Chase isn't giving a legit asset to get Justin Jefferson. To,
0: to, to move to move Chase to Jefferson, you'd have to give up the likes of. I mean, okay, Keenan Allen. Elijah Mitchell, Jerry Judy, Aaron Jones—like uh, that's yeah, where fuck, I think no, no. T trade comes from. Yeah,
2: no, any anyone who owns Jamar Chase, I, I think Jamar Chase is a close wide receiver too. Uh, I'm obviously he's a star. Yeah, he slowed down a little bit. I'm sure defenses are just focusing on him more now. But I actually think the T against resurgence is going to help him a bit. Um, get like defenses and not focus on Chase so much. But I mean Jefferson, like we're, what can you say? He's he's insane. You could argue he's. In terms of current, besides just dynasty wide receiver one, like if we're talking like modern, like right now, top wide receivers, probably you would. in your top three, top five, like currently in the NFL, you have like him, Devontae Adams, maybe Tyreek Hill, Cooper Cup. Like he's up there in that discussion with those guys, and he's 23, 24 years old. 22. Twenty
0: two. Yeah. yeah like he's
1: insane. Well, it's funny because I remember at the very, very beginning of the offseason, I was kind of in the camp along with I feel like consensus was kind of like this because of what's happened to the wide receiver one coming into the season, the fact that it's been a very unstable unstable spot. <coughs> it's like the, the master of the the dark arts teacher in Hogwarts. You know, it changed every year. Um
3: from D Hop, Michael Thomas. <laughs> They it were, did, yeah, it did. It was no, not a, it,
1: it was not a comfortable spot.
0: No, but I'm yeah. just saying we are going narcos junior. Now we got Harry Potter. Yeah. We yeah. had the no, fucking
2: it was it was like Michael Thomas a couple years ago, then DeHop, <laughs> then Devontae Adams. Even go
1: back Odell Beckham. Remember, like Modell, yeah. his rookie yeah. season, he was so, yeah, untouchable almost. He was the 101, not even just the wide receiver. I think one.
0: I think what we gotta talk about though is Justin Jefferson versus non-wide receivers, right? Like, are you trading, you know? Justin Herbert for Jamar Jefferson? Justin Jefferson. Yeah, I, I was about, I was about to tell you two. there's not
2: there's not a single running back I trade Justin Jefferson for. One one for one. Jonathan Taylor? I, I'd keep Jefferson. Wow.
1: I see. Uh, and I love awesome. Jonathan. I disagree Taylor. because if I'm if I I up until this point, aside from that one part of the offseason, which I went back, I watched some of the Vikings games. I was like, okay, yeah, this guy's a stud muffin. Like, not not trading him at that wide receiver one price. The thing is now is that he's no longer just the wide receiver one. Like JT was saying, he is approaching 101, which he's, at that price, I think I would start to see if I could just get one of those ridiculous offers. He's, I do he's, think
0: that... He's quarterback four. He's running back two. He's tight end one. He's, he's especially tight Especially, like,
1: dude, if you're in a pick. league where, you know, it's a super flex league, you're starting a lot of players and all that... Obviously, I'm not just going to sell them just to sell them. But if you can get the real, you know, the real chonker of role. an offer, yeah, which we're starting to really approach. Like, dude, we're talking over three firsts kind of a value. Which uh, you, you know, oh, you're starting to get, that. yeah, yeah, you're starting that. to get in the conversation of should anyone aside from like the Patrick Mahomes' even be valued that highly, kind of price.
2: Like one for one, it's gonna be hard to make a trade for him. Taylor, like I, I said, no. Taylor is really fucking close between Jefferson and Taylor. I just immediately said Jefferson because I'm like Jefferson's gonna be in the NFL in his prime for a few years longer than Taylor, and we're talking
3: dynasty. Like, I mean, that's just um, receiver. that's just the position. Yeah,
2: exactly. Which is what what game? But it's 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 tough between them two. But like, there's only a handful of quarterbacks that you would take over. Je- like, how many quarterbacks are you taking over Justin Jefferson? You got?
0: Well, cut has three. Keep trade cuts. Got Mahomes, Kyler, and Josh Allen.
1: I still think there's about six I... quarterbacks I'd
2: take. Herbert. I think for mine there's five. I'm throwing on Herbert and Lamar Jackson, but then I think that's it.
1: I I still think Dak Prescott's. I know Dak Prescott hasn't been playing extremely well. All right, so... Frank. let me like... let me. I think Jackson based on keep trade cut, edge. Let,
0: let me let me throw trades at you because it's it's not just Dak Prescott that would be a fair trade according to keep trade cut. It'd be Justin Jefferson. I mean, it'd be Dak Prescott. Yeah, this is nuts on keep trade cut. But according to keep trade cut, you'd have to throw on either Dalvin Cook, Stephon Diggs, a twenty twenty three early first, Antonio Gibson, or Joe Mixon on top of Dak Prescott to get Justin Jefferson.
1: Yeah. So here, here's just the problem with the receivers is that Justin Jefferson's great. If you need a like in terms of cornerstone pieces to build your dynasty team around, ob- he's obviously near the top. But I would rather have these sick quarterbacks and I'd rather have freaking um what's his name? Jonathan Taylor, just because, dude, it's really hard to get like kind of one of those kludge fixes at a quarterback and a running back spot. It doesn't really happen. At a wide receiver, dude, I can pick up Hunter Renfro. I can pick up these random receivers that and I could get an army of them. I mean, Tyler Lockets, Adam Thielen's. Like there's so many producing receivers that you can pick up that will not produce at the Justin Jefferson level. But, dude, he's only going to be, like, what, 50 points behind? Jonathan Taylor, compared to your Kluge-Fix running back, is going to be over 100 points behind. Same thing with the quarterback, Um, usually. a 100-point difference.
3: That's that's just the nature of the position, though. Receivers last longer, but there's also – three of them per team on the field at once when there's only one running back on the field well, at once. And I, you can always find those, Well, we, well we, like, cheap targets. The cheap targets, you can always find them, and they're always not very expensive, and you could always build a receiving core or at least, you know, a back-end receiving core for them.
0: Uh, I got – I don't know what you're laughing about. I missed something.
1: <laughs> just – there's cheap targets, you know. They're not very expensive. I, just, I don't know why I found that hilarious.
0: <laughs> All right, um – Look, I, I, got, I got a question for you guys. It's a little out of left field, but <laughs> whoa, we'll get to it. Like, what do you think Joe Mixon would be in a startup draft right now?
1: Apparently startup a first-round pick, but I wouldn't yeah. take him there. Yeah, startup, pro- super
0: flex startup. He's not first-round pick. Like, third?
3: No, I mean, he's, like, overall asset, like, 15 right now, I think. or No, he was. He's fallen a little bit, but he's probably a second-round pick.
0: All right, let's say mid-second. Let's say he's, like, 206, right? Uh, but for my my purposes, yeah, I guess all right. two, two we'll say two hundred three, two hundred four. According to keep trade cut, you, you would have to in a startup to to get to like one hundred four. You'd have to give up about one ten and two hundred three, two hundred four to get to one hundred four. Is that like yeah. a is that a trade that would actually happen in a startup? No, I, you, like, need I, to,
1: you need to later. It'd be pick a lot that. cheaper, I think.
0: Yeah, I I just don't think people are giving up that much to, but. I mean, in in the terms of keep, tread, cut world, like that's what you'd have to give up to get, you know, Justin Jefferson if you had Dak Prescott, which is kind of crazy. Like I'd do that. I really like Justin Jefferson.
1: Well, I also think, just last point before I move on, I just think that some of these quarterbacks are a little bit underpriced. I think partly because people don't realize they're in super flex mode when they're making some of these decisions. I, I, I personally feel like that is a problem because you look at quarterbacks across the board, Aside from the top three, I feel like all of them are slightly undervalued. Except for the ones with massive hype behind them.
0: Yeah. I I just think So I'm I'm looking now. I just think like the drop off from Lamar to Dak is even crazy. It's Lamar's at eighty seven hundred points, Dak's at seventy five hundred points. That's that's the difference of an Amari Cooper or a James Robinson on Yeah, that, top.
1: that's the recency bias kind of hitting you because Dak yeah, Prescott which... hasn't had some great... I mean, and partly it's because the running backs have been getting touchdowns. I mean, the past couple of weeks, Tony Pollard, I think, has scored a touchdown. Zeke has almost scored a touchdown every game. Um, yeah. So, like, whether you want to call it regression, non-luck, whatever, Dak is a league-winning level quarterback, I still believe, and he has proven it in seasons past. I'm not going to... Just feels like a lot of recency. Come the the season, once things kind of, like, slow down in terms of all the, the craziness, I think that you'll see it go back to normal a little bit. But, yeah, I, I think all in all on the Justin Jefferson thing, I, w- I would look to sell at a ridiculous price just because I, I don't think a receiver should be worth this much. Yeah, same. Even right. though he's a fucking beast.
0: So we touched on this player a little bit, like, for a brief second when I was talking about what to move Dak Prescott plus for. Antonio Gibson. He's up to running back 10 on keep trade cut Uh, back up from he I I can track what he did for people that are listening. Uh, Antonio Gibson went from he's currently running back 10 and he was at his low point. He appeared to be about running back 16, 17 at his high point before the season started. He was running back five. So he's kind of,
2: you know, middled out there. I think he just finally looks healthy now.
1: That yeah, could be so a okay, He's weird, could, man. I'm very on and off it with that. It could just
2: be that. Because I mean, the thing that's really
1: encouraging, to. real quick, the, the, the thing that's really encouraging with him is that we're seeing the volume of a true RB1, but at the same time, I don't think he passes the eye test. When you watch these Washington football team games, I mean, you look at all the running backs ahead of him. Outside of, like, at least, and even I think Joe Mixon passes the eye test a little bit more than Gibson. It's like, dude, are, are we really gonna go back to his to his preseason value? Because I understand his preseason high was RB five. I think for most of the off season, he was around RB eight, RB nine, and if you were to make a really trade, high. that was the price that he was generally going for. Have we seen enough recently to to warrant that top ten, that fringe top ten price? So for me. I think talent wise, and actually for me the eye test
2: it, it warrants it. Um not as high as like like seven or something, but somewhere like in that like maybe like nine or ten or eleven, twelve range, like somewhere there like a lower end RB one, I value him as my only concern actually isn't from what I've seen. My only concern is his two best weeks have come with McKissick being out. Um I think that's played a factor in some of his receiving game touches. And so is it it's something that you hope can continue? Um, but you don't know. Like for some reason they've just had a fetish for McKissick, and I don't know how they're going to use him. But Curtis Samuel still has yet to play like over thirty percent of snaps in a game. I don't know if they want to use him in some of those shorter McKissick routes, because uh, Ron Rivera used him in the backfield a lot in Carolina too. So that's the only thing that gets me hesitant. Because what's been raising his value a lot is like they're using him in the receiving game way more.
0: Um, the, so the, the running backs ranked around him right now. The on keep trade cut the three above Antonio Gibson are um, you got Nick Chubb, Alvin Kamara, Joe Mixon, and then the three below them are Dalvin Cook, Saquon, and Derrick Henry.
2: Okay, and I'll ask you a quick question. Qu- quick, question. To that the answers the
3: question. That answers the question right there.
2: Quick question to all three you: Are you are you guys taking Dobbins or um, <laughs> Dobbins or Gibson?
0: Dob- Dobbins is the fourth one below him. Dobbins or Gibson?
2: Would you guys rather have Dobbins or Gibson entering next season? Dobbins.
0: Yeah, I think Dobbins.
3: Dobbins.
2: It's close for me. I really fucking like Dobbins. I ha- I rank Dobbins higher than keep trade cut has him currently.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think before Dobbins got injured, and like before I started the season, I think I had Dobbins over Antonio Gibson. And while Antonio Gibson has looked good the past couple weeks, I mean, his season as a whole hasn't
1: been great. And,
2: yeah, what I will say, know. they're both in my top 12 dynasty backs, but I have Dobbins. Slightly ahead
1: i would be comfortable holding either of them the one thing that concerns me about dobbins though i know we're changing up the subject here at least i am actually um i'm a little bit concerned that consensus just believes that dobbins is going to come back and be a 25 touch a game kind of a back and while i do think that's what's going to happen that's the price right now for a guy that kind of hasn't really shown that ever Even when he, I mean, he was a rookie, so like you're projecting a little bit of an uptick in volume. But Antonio Gibson, we have seen that recently. Now we have seen the guy that's getting 20 plus touches a game, whether it's McKissick being out or whatever the fuck injury coming back off injury, he's been getting that. So it's a little bit of the for me like what projection versus what we've seen, you know, upside versus we we've seen it. So it's a little wonky. I still think I'd lean Dobbins, but.
2: That's a fair point. Very fair point. I It's.
1: I'm so back and forth on Gibson. I can't really get. And I think <laughs> you partly. Should, it's you because... should just
2: let me take him off your hands. So you don't <laughs> have to be so back and forth about him.
1: Well, I think part of the issue for me is that he's just such a different player than he was coming out.
2: Yeah. Oh, um. Drastically different.
1: So it like looks really, like a
2: completely different player.
1: You know, especially for someone like me, the where I, my draft evaluation doesn't just kind of disappear unless it. A Gibson scenario happens where the player is just completely different and used in a completely different role. So it's – I would love to sell him on the hype, but at the same time, it's not like he's getting ridiculous, ridiculous hype.
0: Yeah. I I tweeted about Gibson um, before the season started where Swift is someone that I'm all the way in on the 2020 running Back that I can't make my mind up about is Gibson. And to this day, we are now five months later than when I tweeted that. I still can't make my mind up on Gibson. I <laughs> I don't know. To me, he's someone that, like, I, if I could pivot off Gibson to a running back I'm more comfortable with, I probably would. Um, and, you know, w- with what I was saying, like uh, a Nick Chubb, I think I'd probably do that. Joe Mixon, I'd, I'd probably do. I get that they're, like, you know, roughly two years older, but – Gibson's one that, like, he could have, in his realm of realms, he, he could be CMC, but he can also be a frickin' Naheem Hines. Like, he he's all over the, the, the board with what his potential outcomes could be.
1: Um, I mean, just so. realistically speaking as well, um, let's just go into this scenario. If the Browns draft a running back, Nick Chubb's value maybe takes a small hit, but then, like, not really, right? It, it should. It shouldn't, is
2: still n- Well, no, if anything, I think it helps because if they draft a running back, that means they're probably letting Kareem Hunt walk in free agency. And said rookie running back probably is not going to be
1: better than Kareem Hunt.
2: Right if now. the
1: Washington mm-hmm. football team drafts a running back, all hell breaks
3: loose. Yeah. That's Especially fair. if they take one of the first two rounds.
1: So, like, oh, Antonio Gibson's value is somewhat built upon a house of cards, it feels like. um. Which I don't know. It could be a good thing in terms of like if he does continue this this output, the dude's going to be valued as a top five back. But mm-hmm. is that going to be? I don't know. I, I have no fucking idea to be honest. So your best guess is as <laughs> good as mine. Um, as of right now, I'm kind of just holding. I don't know what the fuck to do.
0: <laughs> I, I think hold might be uh, unless you could pivot, like I said, to one of those more comfortable ones. I, I think holding is the only thing you should do too. Um, All right. Speaking of running backs that kind of had a house of cards value and then it came to the floor and then got rebuilt. We're talking James Robinson. Um, He was running back like – he. I could look at him real quick, actually. James Robinson is currently running back 26 after he just got benched for like 20 plays, 20 snaps for fumbling the ball. James Robinson – does it go to – does it bring us to May? Yeah. James Robinson was all the way up at like running back – 12 uh before the draft happened then at his low point he hit like running back 31 then etn got hurt and he went all the way back up to running back 18 and now he's back down to running back 26 because he was been battling injuries he fumbled urban meyer's a mess this jaguars offense is a mess and so now james robinson is falling down again back in a free fall what are we doing guys
3: He's a tough one because when he plays the majority of the snaps, he looks good. He looks like a very good yeah. running back. But I just have this this gut feeling that Urban Meyer doesn't want him. He never did. He clearly didn't when he drafted Travis Etienne to be the running back. Um, obviously, they were going to split time, and that was probably the plan from the start. But I don't know. It just Look- it just it just seems like he's unwanted in Jacksonville. Now, if he were to leave and go somewhere else, it might be different, but. Then again, running backs leaving usually doesn't end very well.
0: Uh, Well, I will say this. In terms of his uh, outlook and, like, what his dynasty value can do, I mean, two teams that really should be going out and trying to get running backs are the Buffalo Bills and Miami Dolphins. And are you really going to go and spend the high draft capital on the likes of an Isaiah Spiller, Brees Hall, when you could probably trade for James Robinson for less? I mean, you just said, Jake, it does seem like the Jaguars, like he wasn't really in their long-term plans. He was an undrafted free agent that they can sell for an actual draft pick. Um, I don't know. I, I think those are two two big teams that could potentially trade for him. The Falcons, there there are a few teams that could use just that kind of workhorse running back that James Robinson is. Uh, I don't know. It's hard with speculation, though. You expect NFL teams to do stuff, and then most of the time they just don't
1: yeah <laughs> it really is hard to get a beat on james robinson because you know i don't think he's you know people had compared him to like philip lindsay especially in this offseason where oh he's just a one-year wonder clearly he's not because he's had games that's very productive so now the next hurdle is are you better than an alfred morris right because alfred morris is another dude mm-hmm. late round draft pick, obviously not undrafted but had some really good years i mean Like, the first two or three years of his career, he was phenomenal. Um, But then kind of just lost all relevancy for whatever reason. Um, Is James Robinson anything more than that? If you can get him at an RB26 price, I think I'd buy my ticket to the roller coaster. You know, get my fast pass onto this bitch, but... If, if you can't get him at that RB26 price, I think I'm just going to watch from the <laughs> sidelines. Like, I, I have James Robinson in a league. I've just been firm holding him because I don't know what the hell to do with him. And I don't think anyone's willing to give me that price that's worth it to get off the roller coaster. But if I can get on for cheap, man, we've seen this, this thing go back up. So, fuck it, James Robinson to the moon, baby.
0: I'm sorry, I couldn't get you past you buying your fast pass from the team <laughs> <Dean Robinson. laughs> um, Frank,
1: Frank's
3: with the analogies. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: well, what's the price that it takes to to get James Robbins? Well, Are right. they second-round pick right now?
0: According to Keep Trade Cut, that's why I assume. Uh, well, he's around Laron Fournette, and I was looking up Laron Fournette a couple days ago just to see what he was worth, because I remember we were talking with Jake like a couple months ago, and the person in our league who had – Leonard Fournette wanted a, a late first form and I think that's what Leonard Fournette's worth right now and yeah 2022 late first is like basically equal with what James Robinson is currently
1: man the thing that's really scary though is that running back does seem very much like a position where you just need your coach to believe in you and yeah I don't, there's another guy I'm just back and forth on uh, if you can get in for cheap I think it's worth the upside but other than that stay away It's like, dude, we're. I'm looking. We have. We have a segment. I'm not sure we're going to be able to reach because of time, but we're looking at these running back landing spots. I mean, there's a handful of teams that need running backs, but dude, if James Robinson was a receiver, I would be much more in the James Robinson. Let's let's go ahead because like half the teams in the NFL need a receiver. Dude, it feels like not a ton of teams really need running backs, and how many of these teams are going to be like, yeah instead of going and trading assets for James Robinson and then we're going to have to pay him shortly, like, no, they would just draft their own dude in the third round or the second round. And Do you think James him.
0: Robinson would command a high asking the, price yeah, contract? Yeah, but I think the
1: problem is that if you trade for him, like, he has that little bit of leverage, especially if he's getting that workhorse kind of low. I guess.
0: Yeah, I don't know what his price would be on the open market, like, what his signing contract would be
1: it um, just stinks if you have him because the, the sell window for that first round pick is gone He he's back yeah, to his offseason no. every the, the concerns are just front and center he, his
0: like unless he has a crazy last few weeks which like seeing what jacksonville is currently doing i i doubt it um his value is just going to keep dropping until we get to next year basically because you're going to have the draft you're going to have the offseason you're going to have everything and then yeah, so to me, I think we're just going to see James Robinson only go down from here currently. Uh, all right, moving on. We do have, like, two injuries. It was a very quiet week in terms of injuries. Adam Thielen got knocked out. I kind of mentioned him when we were talking about jo- Justin Jefferson. He got knocked out of the first half with an ankle injury. He'll probably be out yes, this did. game, too. <laughs> yeah, Jake has of course in. he did. Uh, he'll probably be out this week, too, because it's a Thursday Thursday night game against Frank Steelers. So I I doubt he'll be available for that. Um, I don't know. To me, it's just an ankle injury. I don't think that's really – it's just an annoyance the week before the playoffs start that he's going to be out. But I don't think he's going to be a long-term injury.
3: Yeah, it should be like a two- to three-week injury, something like that. It's a high ankle sprain. He's pretty much certain to miss this week's game on Thursday since it's a short week for them. But other than that, it's more of an annoyance than a long-term issue for Adam Thielen.
0: Yeah, those were Is good things. look good thing I said those. <laughs> those any any words.
3: relevance with a guy
1: like um, what's Osborne. his name?
0: Osborne. I yeah,
1: Osborne,
3: tight end here. What happened like-
0: with Irv Smith, Jake? Is Irv Smith just still hurt?
3: Yeah, he's been on. He was on IR before the season, so he yeah. Was but I thought.
0: Oh, it was before the if, season. Okay. If you yeah, put him on IR yeah, before the yeah, season, he, yeah. he can't be. He uh, to me, I thought. It. To me, I thought it was like a six-week injury or something, and then he just. Like, that's he what the in initial
3: report up. was, but then he yeah. got surgery on it, and that mm-hmm. ended the season. Edward okay. Newton said that um,
1: James Robinson still takes at least early, uh, late first, early second in his league for J. Rob. See, I just I don't think I'm getting in at that price. I think I'd rather just just yeah, hold the draft
2: pick. I'm not giving a first for because that's Robinson. not
1: like early mm-hmm. second that's very subjective right if it's like a 204 205 okay yeah i might buy my ticket but fuck 201 202 there's gonna be some juicy receivers on the board at that point. Yeah. i'm thinking i don't know maybe that's not super flex though maybe that's that's standard so i, I have no idea that's it's a good point years
3: now.
2: yeah it depends what your league is
1: yeah.
2: uh i think i think he i think I don't know. It depends
0: on when people have trade deadlines and everything. I think you probably could have gotten a late first for James Robinson just past couple of weeks. I just think when we're going into the off season and everything, I just, there's only going to be negatives for James Robinson, like unless he ends up getting
2: traded to one of these teams, which uh, it's so hard yeah, to predict. It's, NFL stocks just going to do gonna go down when like reports come out, like, oh, ETN practicing again. But all the this. thing
1: is too, though, how many running backs with low ass draft capital have had success switching teams?
0: I can't think of any off the top of my head.
1: That That's like, the thing that scares me. It's like, okay, yeah, if you're a Fournette, like, okay, dude, the guy was like a top 10 fucking pick. Like, if anyone's going to turn it around, it's going to be that motherfucker. You know, like Saquon Barkley. If anyone's going to turn it around, yeah, I'll take the dude that was literally a top 10 draft pick. He's going to have a bunch of people and a bunch of GMs thinking like, because, dude, they were in the league at the time he was drafted. They mm-hmm. were probably licking their chops thinking, like, oh, imagine if I had this guy and yeah. whatnot. And they have the talent. Like, there's a reason they went that high.
2: For every Aaron Jones, there's a million Philip Linceys. Just uh, how I phrase it with the late round running backs.
1: Like, I just think um, that if you're in the camp of hoping, oh, he switches teams and has success, not that it can't happen. I'm not buying for that, though. That, that's a situation that I'm not buying and spending good draft capital in hopes for.
0: So basically after a brief Google search the only one I could find is Priest Holmes. It was on the Ravens and then ended up on the Chiefs.
1: Okay, it went crazy, but yeah. <laughs> uh, he could, maybe he is the outlier. I don't know. This weird situation, that's a tough one.
0: Yeah. Um all right, moving on. Uh Miles Sanders ankle injury again.
2: Uh, oh, I followed that. He's he said after the game they just didn't bring him back in because they were up twenty-one. He's he yeah. said he's gonna be fine all for so, when he comes yeah, back.
0: Yeah, to, to me, yeah, again, it just seemed like a. I, I don't know. This week was just a a quiet. Yeah, week there was with no injuries.
2: there was no really injury. Yeah,
1: I mean, I, I'll tell you what. Gainwell looked all right when he filled in. Is there he, any any? He, did, he I still like Gainwell
2: long term, but I can tell you the reason he was getting those touches is because Jordan Howard was out. And Jordan Howard's expected to be back after the bye. I think next year will be the year they really start using Gainwell a ton. Um, but right now, it's it's Sanders and Howard's backfield, and they're both going to be healthy. They have a bye this week, but then after the bye. But I do still like Gainwell in the long term. Um, he's he's showing a lot on the receiving game. He caught a couple passes um, on Sunday. He had the nice touchdown run. I, I still think he's a good change of pace back. Um uh, I was surprised they didn't really use him over the past couple weeks and instead used Boston Scott and Jordan Howard, but I'm guessing it's just something they're seeing on their end. But I still like Gainwell, even though kind of right now he's a little bit buried.
3: Right, but I guess that's my, my concern with Gainwell. is like you said, he could be a nice change of pace back, but in terms of fantasy, you're not looking for a, a real change of pace back most times. That's not going to be a consistent fantasy production. Do you think he ever, you know, breaks through and is – the one A in the offense, even if there's a one B behind him where he's getting one oh, of the touches, or even if he's just an equal split where he's not the change of pace back and like it's a Kareem Hunt Nick Chubb situation kind yeah. of thing going on. Like, well, is there Hunt's
2: any you, you can? I think, I think the ceiling, I think the ceiling is Kareem Hunt. Um. I think your hope for if you're a Gainwell owner is that Miles Sanders leaves and not this offseason, next offseason in free agency. Because as a pure runner, they prefer Sanders heavily. They mostly bring in Gainwell on those receiving downs, which is where I say can kind of be the ceiling. I see him next year kind of almost being a McKissick role between Sanders and Gainwell, kind of being like an Antonio Gibson McKissick type thing. Um, That'd be my guess. Uh, I think he'll be well ahead of Howard and Boston Scott. I don't even you want to know the thing the that
1: that I find annoying about Kenny Gainwell is that I was hoping, especially because we've seen this role becoming like a lot more meta in the league right now, is I was hoping that he would steal some receiver snaps and get lined up in the slot a little bit. And then all of a sudden you see a, a workload where... That would both, change a lot. Yeah, like yeah. that all of a sudden would be... I mean, everyone's going to point to Debo Samuel as that dude. Not saying that he would be a Debo Samuel-level player, but a guy that could get you, okay, when Miles Sanders is on the field, freaking Gainwell's in the slot a couple of snaps. And instead of just going with two tight end sets like the Eagles would used to do a lot with Ertz and Goddard, all of a sudden they're going with a little bit of a hybrid package with 12 personnel, with with two running backs and one tight end. That's what I, I think I was hoping for. With Gainwell that we have not seen. This, that being said, he's jumped Boston Scott. It looks like Boston Scott didn't yeah. play it down. Was
3: he out or yeah. he was active?
2: He was but active. He was, I think I think battling. he jumped. Out. I think he
3: was sick this week and okay. he, he was. Barely, but I I, he barely I, practiced, I think
2: so. I think Gainwell jumped Scott. Scott this didn't has, have a good performance week. Before. This has
0: no evidence. No, I have nothing to back this up, but. I prefer when it's a, a wide receiver moves to running back rather than running back moves to wide receiver like a Debo Samuel, Cordero Patterson, even Antonio Gibson, I know he did in college, where he moved from wide receiver to running back. I I don't know why, but to me I just I think they make the transition Wait, which way did
1: think. you say I know you prefer? Dimitri Felton went running back to receiver, but he hasn't really played. Yeah,
0: I like wide receiver starting to running back is like um, so so Debo's still wide receiver, but like he, he's productive in in the backfield kind of thing. But like you know what I'm saying? Like Cordell Patterson, he's kind of I both. mean,
1: I think Visca was a running back way back when, like in high school, but I'm not sure that counts. Yeah, I have nothing to back Um, it up.
0: (laughs) That's just my preference.
1: Which I'm not sure that's a good point.
2: (laughs) Kadarius Tony was a running back that's a receiver. But, I mean, you kind of see it when he gets the ball. Yeah, but Caderius Tony was a quarterback, quarterback. (laughs) too. He He was (laughs) an (laughs) everything. He
1: was just an athlete. Caderius Tony in the
2: wildcat looks, seems fucking terrifying.
1: Actually, speaking of, Kenny Gainwell was a quarterback in high school. Let alone fact. Kenneth Gainwell.
0: I feel like most, like, if you're just athletic in high school, you're probably a quarterback. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's let's get into our next segment. Uh, maybe our last segment, depending on time. Uh, the panic meter, rookie edition.
1: Oh my uh, goodness! The panic meter. Yeah, I'm just gonna kick it off
2: <laughs> with the guys that I hyped up at the beginning of the season. Do we, do we want to um, do? Do we want to do like just like we all just say a one through ten scale? Then we can go kind of. Yeah. Similar. Yeah. Okay. So Terrace Marshall. Uh, five.
3: Start with you, JT. I mean, I have
0: five. Like, I just I, we talked about them before on our hits and misses. I just think it's a weird year to have. The issue with all these guys, to sorry to go on a little side tangent, is no, no, you're good. You it's g- it's going to be like what what you know someone we've referenced before on this podcast, DF Bean Counter on Twitter, talks about with the face planters, where it's like m- Terrace Marshall was drafted, you know, relatively high in uh, rookie drafts, probably like the two hundred one, two hundred two, two hundred three, in that kind of realm. And and now he's probably going, if we were to do it again, he's probably in the late second, early third kind of area. And that is what he would consider a face planter. And that is what, um, you know, you want to try and avoid. My issue with Terrace Marshall is, though, he's someone that we all kind of knew was raw coming out. Like, he's only really had a, a season and a half of college production under him where he was behind Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson in his first year. And then did do, you know, solid production, uh, when it was him and KeShawn Butte, um, but you know, since going to the NFL and having Sam Darnold and Cam Newton and PJ Walker as his quarterbacks, he hasn't really done anything to the point of now he's even behind Chai Smith. So apparently, so uh, five is kind of on the low end for me. Uh, somewhere between five and and seven is what I'd say. I'm I'm definitely not at a full ten, but it's not fun, you know. Seeing I'm at, you Terrence
2: Marshall do this, I'm at a seven. Um, just because I don't know, it's like Rob- Robbie Anderson didn't play well this year. That that wide receiver two spot was up for grabs if he wanted to have it. Never mind the wide receiver three spot with Shai Smith. Congrats to him, he grabbed it. Um, <laughs> and I feel I feel another thing that was kind of a comfort was, oh, Joe Brady knows how to use him. Like he he'll fit in with that kind of similar offense. Joe Brady gone now. He's still talented, uh, just his draft capital alone, he's still so talented, which is the reason I can't really go to a 10. Um, and also because that passing attack for majority of the year has been asked. Uh, but like, there's, there, there's a decent amount of concern. Can, to also because I was never really the biggest terrorist guy guy at PMB. Yeah,
0: but before you guys chime in, I just think he's going to be our Brian Edwards of this year where he was the preseason king. Uh, going into <laughs> it, and I think he's going to be the preseason king again. <laughs> going into he it, might, yeah, year. I and can then, see it. He I don't know, yeah, he's Terrell Owens mixed with Randy Moss with Devontae Adams.
1: So, like, I, I guess for me, Terrace, Mar- like, my panic level on Terrace Marshall would be low, but it would be low for where I had him ranked in the pre You already had low
3: expectations, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, because I had him as like a mid third round grade in rookie draft. So, like, I think I would still spend, like, that mid-third-round, like, mid-late third-round rookie price on him. But I guess if you drafted him highly, like, you're clearly panicked, dude. I, I'm with Lunas. I'm at, like, a 7 and 8. I think this has kind of been, like, the worst-case scenario, the whole – he's just – he doesn't seem like he's a mature dude. Um, He, he seemed lazy on, on tape at LSU. That was one of the big things that scared me. And clearly, whether it's that issue or something else is keeping him literally just off of the field. Like he's it's well, not even like he's a dime Brown where he's seeing the field, he's a little injured. Little the healthy scratch is
2: the we, well, well,
0: Matt, was the one point. Matt like, Rule okay. alluded to it. I've talked about it on the podcast too before where he was he was showing how DJ Moore ran forty depth da- yards down the field to make a big block, and then he was like, Yeah, and then like the following couple plays, Marshall Marshall's like just he didn't make a block, and he's a rookie, and he's got to learn to do that. Um, so it, it does lead, lend credence to what Frank was saying earlier. With the, you know, may, maybe it's that reason why now we're seeing Shy Smith in, instead
1: of Terrence Marshall. Who knows? The thing is, though, is that I there is a little part of me that is not because someone like a Brian Edwards, even though a South Carolina alum. To me, Brian Edwards was always too inconsistent for me to kind of go in on. I I liked him a little bit after, like, in that rookie season. But after that, I was not trying to target Brian Edwards. Dude, Terrace Marshall, you cannot deny his upside. And even though he has all this shit going against him, the guy is a freak athlete. And if he does figure it out, you're talking about a guy that has top 10 potential in the NFL. So, like, if he gets to the point where he's kind of free and, like, throw in maybe I'd look if I had a roster spot and and I'm on a rebuilding team to get him for free, but I don't think he's at that point. So as of right now, I wouldn't look to to purchase him.
0: If we saw the the bean counter effect that happened last year, the likes of Denzel Mims and and Jalen Rager, their value just started like plummeting during the off season, simply because so many people were talking about like those rookies that don't produce. Um, So, I mean, he probably won't be free, but he will be cheaper.
1: But I'm talking more of like the Van Jefferson where it's like Terrence Marshall really hasn't been given a chance. Rager and some of these other guys, Denzel Mims and whatnot, they they were given a chance and they kind of fucked the chance up and they sucked. And they have sucked.
0: <laughs> you're not putting mean, it lightly. <laughs> I mean,
2: he's not wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're
3: I'm not wrong. wrong.
1: Like, no. Terrence Marshall I just, I mean... hasn't given
3: a chance yet, really. I mean, that's the thing is, it, I think that goes. I mean,
2: the concerning part is stuff we don't see. Yeah, it's like, like has, he yeah, hasn't true. played well enough. But we saw him in fans.
0: preseason. We saw him in preseason. He was. like What's the Bucks
3: running
1: back? What's his name?
0: Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn. Yeah, maybe
1: he's the Keyshawn Vaughn or the Josh Rosen. Where it's like he, I mean, Josh Rosen kind of got a chance, but like he's so bad in practice and and just lazy that he never gets the chance. I guess that's that's the concern. But
3: yes, that's what I was getting at. I like to
0: believe he's the Brandon Ayuk. That's my... Yeah, you my also day. said
3: there's no <laughs> okay. way the guy Joe Brady handpicked won't produce. So, um. <laughs> Look, look they, Joe Brady.
0: They, uh, they didn't want to listen to Joe Brady. Joe Brady was trying to lead him to the truth. Uh, um, all right, moving on to <laughs> Donnie have, Brown. Yes. Yeah, another rookie yeah quickly receiver. move away,
3: I'm sure.
0: Washington um, football team, Frank kind of just talked about him. I, I, I think, you know, he's seen the field.
3: Yeah. I think the tag's got to be pretty high.
2: Yeah. I mean,
3: similar to it's, it's, well, six. Was, I'm giving a was,
0: six.
2: I'm giving it uh, yeah, oh, six. I'm giving it, yeah. Man, I feel bad seven. for giving it similar. I was going to say like a six and a half just because the Washington pass catchers have gotten injured this year. Like, I, I think we mentioned earlier uh, Curtis Samuel, who they just gave that big contract to, Logan Thomas, who was their number two last year after McLaurin. Mm-hmm. It's just been McLaurin. And then, like, the oh, yes. Who does he have? DeAndre Carter, Humphreys. Like, yeah, DeAndre Carter is looking the best. Yeah, like DeAndre Carter is the other outside receiver. Like that—that's the concerning part. Like I I'd, like—I I'd like to think Diami Brown can beat out DeAndre Carter by this point in the season, um, for that outside receiver spot. But he's at the same time he hasn't been to the point of like Terrace Marshall, where it's like shit. He was a healthy scratch, like so. He's slightly less, but he's—I'm still concerned about Diami Brown. I also was just higher on Diami Brown before, so I kind of have more faith naturally. I think
0: a lot of these will be like how high we were. Oh, I don't know if we just lost rank, but how high we were at the start of the season compared to how high we are now. Um, you know, our biases are going to click in with this. So to me, I don't know. I I just think it's similar in regards to what you are saying before. He just hasn't, like he's seen the field, hasn't seen targets getting outplayed. I don't know. I'm sticking with six. Anything to add, Jake?
3: No, like I yeah. said, 6-7. It's just tough when he gets the opportunity, like Luna said, and he doesn't do much with it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Now that I just checked, we're still good. We're still alive, by the way. Okay. Um, Frank's uh, panic is a
0: four. He, he, something happened with his computer. All right, moving on to Rashad Bateman. <laughs> um, Rashad Bateman for the Ravens, he's kind of seen a decrease in, in snaps and targets since he's come back from injury. He's losing yeah. stuff to Sammy Watkins and Devin Duvernay. To me, it's still a four. Oh like,
2: dude I mean, you're supposed to be the Bateman fan well
0: okay, three like i, I it's I, not I was, a one I, I was A one, one is like, nothing
2: I was gonna say like maybe two and a half three,
0: okay three i'll, give, I'll three. there there's I'll some there's some credence to like yeah you, yeah, you start at showing least me some shown stuff, me flashes. Rashad.
2: That's the thing. With he him showed me in in the, in the first games.
0: couple games. He, he was getting like he was the guy that he's, Lamar was turning to for first downs. Like he he was the he, clutch receiver. He made
2: some nice plays, and I'm not talking like like Terrace Marshall converts. I go, you had a deep catch in the fourth quarter of the Week Four preseason game. Like he he had some nice like regular season important catches, um, especially those first couple games, <laughs> Frank, but the injured guy from SpongeBob <laughs> over him, um, but. uh I was going to – with Bateman, I'm, I'm pretty confident. He is a capital. He's in a good offense. Um, that wide receiver uh, – that other outside receiver spot is going to be wide open next to Hollywood. Um, uh, I'm not worried about Bateman.
3: Okay, so I'm hear me out on this him. one. Hear me out. Coming from the sell-all Ravens guy, I think oh this boy. is a, a prime – I'm not panicking because I think he's a talented wide receiver. you sell I, liked I liked him at Minnesota. I would sell at what he's currently at. I think he's, he's like, still,
2: like, wasn't he wide receiver 25?
3: At, he's still at, like, a top 25 dynasty wide receiver. You're going to command a first-round pick for him. You probably got him in the early second, and that's just stonks right there.
2: I mean, that's... Okay, no, no, that's an interesting question now. Like, well, like, so I'm not,
3: pa- oh, I'm not so- panicking on him because I think he's a talented wide receiver, and he still commands trade value. So I'm not panicking, but my personal self, I would sell at this price he's at so, right
2: now. So what you just said, where I find it interesting, because I'm not, I think Bateman's going to be fine. I had him as like an early second grade, and for an early second, that's right. So have him, where you said the late first, if I get a late first for Bateman with this receiver class?
0: If I could get any 2023 first, I'd, I'd do, it, probably. Yeah, do I, it. Yeah, I, think, I, I first? a first It might be a little tough. If I think it's there's, a late still,
3: there's obviously someone in your league that's similar to JT that was very high on Bateman, rightfully so. I had a very high prospect grade on him as well. But if you can get that late first and just basically trade up from a second to a first, just having to hold Bateman for a year, I'm doing it. That's true.
2: That's fair. I mean, my All trade, right. according to the keep trade, top, keep trade cut value, my favorite trade would be Claypool's wide receiver 24 and <laughs> Bateman's yeah, I 25. <laughs> if, if, I, if I can find a way for Bateman and another small
3: asset for Claypool, i do that in RP. Even if it's just like a third round pick and baiting, yeah, something like like that. They pull like sure. All right,
0: I'm I'm going to guess this is going to be our last segment, so I guess we don't have to like speed through it. Um, so Trey Sermon, nine. I've got nine for Trey Sermon. (laughs) What about you guys?
3: Uh, Ten. Panic, very panic. You know what? I mean, (laughs) like, it for a guy that receives so much hype in the preseason, and everyone's like, "Oh, there's no running back here." Especially, and then Mostert got hurt That's week one. Everyone's like, oh, this is Sermon's backfield. There's no chance, anything going on. It, you know, the Elijah Mitchell, the late-round pick, has completely outplayed him. He, the the Niners just seem to be trying to find a way to not play him and playing Jeff yeah. Wilson and Michael mm-hmm. Hasty and all these other guys that are, you know, quality running backs, but nothing of what we expected Trey Sermon to be, and I just don't think there's really a rebound from this point that, that you can see coming.
2: So, I'm Ty. I'm between an 8 and a 9. The only reason and it I would... would be vote, the
1: lowest of us.
0: If you're I know. 8, you're actually calm <laughs> on him compared to us.
2: <laughs> I think it's just because, man, the 49ers' backfield is so unpredictable year to year. Like that. I mean, like,
3: every week Elijah Mitchell's been healthy. He's been the guy. It hasn't. I been said year to principle. year, not
2: week to week. Hear me out. Like, it's it's the type of thing where, I, I, man, I don't know. Like, if if Trey Sermon outplays Elijah Mitchell next training camp, Sermon would be the guy. Now, with as good as Elijah Mitchell's looked, it's tough because Elijah Mitchell's looked really fucking good, and. Uh, Shanahan would just like keep on using him. It, uh, I don't know if I could just because I don't know if I could just go to ten. Just we're because talking it's about one the difference things. between
3: a fourth round pick and what was Mitchell a seventh round. I know, pick. but Mitchell like, it's Mitchell not that big of a really, draft capital. And on top of that, we know Shanahan doesn't give two shits about draft. He capital. doesn't. He's no, done you know, it before, you're right. where he just plays whoever's good, and yeah, it's no, you're clear right. that Mitchell clearly fits this offense more. Than, than sermon does. And I know, I, mean, I know. I, I think, was, the, I, think I was thing the that lowest on sermon head of all of us heading into the draft, and this is you exactly were. the problem I I had with him was like he didn't have a lot of success, a lot of success at Ohio State. He did not. He it was really the just that that college football playoff run where he looked really good for you know three four games, and, and that was it. And everyone just expected that to continue. There was a reason he was a fourth round pick in the NFL, and and I think we're seeing it. He has holes in his game. And Shanahan just rather go with the guy he's more comfortable with.
2: Is that Michigan running back, the new Chase Sermon? Haskins? Yeah. Hassan Haskins? I mean, could be. I don't, I don't
3: know what his, To be determined? Uh, like, I don't know, I don't like know if that. he's going to get
0: drafted. I don't know what the deal is with Hassan Haskins.
3: I, would, Haskins I, I haven't watched him. enough tape on Haskins to make that claim.
0: So. Everyone started going talking to, about him yeah.
3: after
2: the Ohio State game. Where he scored how many? Like four touchdowns, five touchdowns. Um, All
0: right. Travis Etienne.
2: Next,
0: no, Trevor. Done. I'm done. Travis. Travis. Yeah, Trevor. Where's Trevor? Is Trevor at UMD or Clemson? I
2: That's don't, his younger brother. Um, I, don't know. I, I don't. Trevor. I think he's at Clemson. I would. I might be logging though.
3: I would wager to bet Clemson.
2: Yeah, yeah, I feel like Jake would know if he was at Maryland.
3: Um, yeah, Clemson.
2: All right.
0: Um, sorry. So he, he's injured. Liz Frank injury. We're talking about him. Probably not going to be fully healthy next year. Uh, yeah, like like full production. I mean,
2: three, four. I'm I was about to say three. Here's the thing. I say three with um an asterisk. Like, I'm I'm not. I don't have my like expectations insanely insanely high next year. Um, I'm I'm basing this injury recovery the same way I viewed it. I saw it with Debo. I know Debo, Debo took didn't, a little bit Debo of time. Didn't...
3: Debo had a list-frank sprain, which is very different than a list-frank fracture. The guys that have the fracture don't come back, and that's why my panic is at a 7. I, I, well, I don't want it. I don't want any part of this. I don't want I mean, a single part if, of this at all.
1: If I could trade
0: ETN for K-makers, and according to Trade Cut, they're ranked, like, equal, I'd do that. Just because we've seen K-makers play in the NFL, and while an Achilles injury is not great, neither is the list-frank, and I just think... Camakers is coming back to, it, like, as long as he beats out Daryl Henderson, like, that role is his, and that's a, a big-time role where with the Jaguars, I don't know what the deal is with James Robinson or LaVisca Chenault and all the other stuff. I don't know what Travis Etienne is going to come back to. Uh, so, to me, I would try and move him, which apparently you can do on Keep trade cut, so I the don't know. The
3: problem with Etienne is that his value has roughly stayed the same,
2: no, it's definitely Fallen.
3: So, like, but in terms of Ryan what it would sucks. take to, in terms of what it would take to get him, like, in the rookie draft he probably went between one, 110, 112 in that area. Like, I don't think uh, the guy who drafted him is going to give him up for anything less. And you might
2: get him for an early second. I think he
0: get uh, he's worth he's gonna worth ahead. a 2022 elite first to go and keep right. so I, a little bit more in,
3: in terms of that his value has stayed the same when we have really never seen a running back really come back from a list strength fracture so in that sense if i can get a first and just basically mortgage that pick into a new first uh, i'm gonna do it every single time
1: turn right, him back Welcome back. you're lucky that uh frank j t that i didn't have have all my Rashad Bateman slander? Oh wait, I are
0: you a Rashad Bateman hater? I wasn't like I. Well, what, I was, would you, what would you have said? I was a little higher on the panic meter than these guys, or than
2: Lunis at least. What would you have said between one to ten? Probably like
0: a good six, seven. Oh, for the Bateman. All right. We're all over the map then on Bateman.
2: Was <laughs> I was like at like, like
0: a I'm two, two and a half. Bateman. I was at like a three, I, four. I Jake was at like a five. I, also I would have, have had
1: like a ten on so sermon.
3: Way. I didn't, yeah, yeah, I mean, we all said yeah. very high on service. Um, um, we had nine. Like,
2: I, I, was, I was like the most uh, pro-Trey Sermon, and I was still like between eight or nine. <laughs> it was, it's, it's bad. Yeah,
1: was, I, was um, I eligible for the IR there? That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <what? laughs> I don't even want to know what happened. All right. I don't know, my uh, computer just destroyed.
0: Well, actually, Frank, we're moving on to your guy right now,
2: Zach Wilson. Uh, yeah, Did he say
1: like, a zero? Two?
2: I'm not concerned I mean, about Zach Wilson.
1: Yeah, like a one or a two. Wow,
0: he, you just, guys are he, just played,
2: he just played well. Yeah, played. I mean, we're talking
0: about his best game of the season so far, but or maybe second best game. If you, I still you know, think that Titans, Titans I think. game
3: was... Six or
0: seven for me. Mm-hmm. Six or seven?
3: Yeah. Think yeah. about it. You just used a, a, a probably top half rookie draft pick on him. Probably lowest was like 107. You probably got him at... like. To have him put up these numbers in a Jets offense is just, uh, yeah. you're I'm a little worried. I mean, out. I would be concerned. Like, we've seen it. We've seen the Jets do this a, a bunch before. They take a, a young quarterback, a new coach, and they think it'll work out, and it doesn't, and then they just move on to the next pair. It, it, uh, it's, it concerns me.
0: <laughs> I, my thing is he's currently giving us Mac Jones numbers, but you drafted him five, six picks ahead of Mac Jones, and... That's on his good days. Yeah, but you, is you, you, Mac the, Jones numbers.
2: Th- yeah, but I mean, if you that's current numbers. If we're talking ceiling, Zach Wilson's is significantly more talented quarterback than Mac Jones.
1: What I, I, I don't understand is, talent, is, why is why is Zach Wilson getting all the hate and the panic from the community, but then there's nothing for Justin Fields, and Justin Fields is still valued as a QB. I think I think
2: I, I think well, so. at least one of the difference. But Zach Wilson isn't. I think he can move a little bit, but I think one of the major differences <laughs> is. Feels. Um, that Jets coaching staff is going to have maybe like three years with him. We know Justin Fields, they're getting Nagy out of there after this season. And I think with him, it's just the optimism with the coaching staff change. I think that's kind of the different factor. And also probably just people liking Fields more coming out of college.
1: Yeah, but here, here's my qualm with the community, is oh, that okay. I feel like the the hate for Zach Wilson is for people that aren't Zach Wilson. You're just saying what Jake said. Oh, the Jets have done this before. The Jets, they can't get anything right, all that shit. And what I say is, how is that different from the people that were saying, oh, you can't judge Justin Fields because of previous Ohio State quarterbacks? Why are we going to judge Zach Wilson based off of previous Jets quarterback? I think that Zach Wilson has improved a little bit. I mean, he had he had like two errant throws that last game, one of which resulted in interception. I think that the general high throws from Zach Wilson this season have been a little bit concerning. I will give you that. So that's why there's, I guess, like I'd say like a two on the panic. There's a little bit of a panic for me. But I think that Zach Wilson is still fine. And if you can get him at, that, at this current QB2 keep trade cut price, I, I would like to do that. I, I, think, I think that that's a good move.
2: He can. I mean, sure, the biggest thing you, with Wilson for me is he can make a he can make those a lot of NFL quarterbacks can't make. <clears throat> I believe that.
3: I mean, yeah, but we've seen, that before. we've seen that before. If you're just going to use pure arm strength, like, we've seen that. That, that matters to me. Talent,
2: talent matters to me. Even if they haven't figured it out yet. Like, if I think this player has talent, and I think they will figure it out... Obviously, I just listen, think that we finally
1: not... saw him start to look comfortable the last game. So I think these couple of games, I man, I wanted to victory lap this week, but the Jets fucking lost because they suck. Um, they weren't beating the Eagles. I thought that this was the week that we finally see Zach Wilson take a step forward, which he did. It wasn't yeah, it did. amazing or I, anything, played but it right. was a step forward. He started looking better. I think we will continue to see that at the end of the season. And if you have Zach Wilson, he's actually playable now.
2: Yeah, the Eagles—they're not—they're not a terrible defense. They're not like one of the top ones, but they're not terrible.
1: Well, you know, Corey Davis got banged up again during the freaking game. The dude hasn't been able to stay on the field.
2: Well, I think what's encouraging is him and Lajamore Moore are starting to build some chemistry, also, um, which we didn't see at the beginning of the season. Lajamore's Moore's kind of been on fire the last couple of weeks. Um, but unless anyone has anything else to say on Zach Wilson, moving on to another receiver, Josh Palmer, for the.
0: Well, real quick, I want to touch on
1: ETN, because I never got to touch on ETN. Go um ahead. The one thing I will say about ETN, because I I've, I've flip-flopped on my opinion with ETN and whether or not I packed with him. The thing that you do have to remember is that this guy is still really fucking good.
3: And I like he's a ETN. good
1: receiver. He breaks a ton of tackles. I and mean, we were talking about Javante breaking tackles. ETN had the second highest forced missed tackle rate of my own personal tracking, which i actually had rules for it. i don't know how pff and all of them do it because there's actually like a lot of subjective stuff in a lot of these rates and what is and isn't a force tackle in my estimation like yeah. i had to, oh, like, I had to come like, up with a whole like fucking checklist yeah, of like what was and was not
2: different analytical uh i guess groups whoever are doing it like they have their own little metrics like for example like like percentage of like or wide open wide receivers hit like what do they consider wide open like how close does the defender
1: need to be or like what's technically a broken tackle but um i i don't know etn if you can get him at any sort of discount i think i would uh, i was kind of in the camp of i wouldn't even just a couple of days ago but at this what point you... dude i i like etn and i think that he's gonna be decent when he comes back mm. i don't know about the injury itself <clears throat> All right. Well, I've not been, I've gotten boned on buying injured players before. Like I I'll, I'll, I'll be the first one to admit that that's my kryptonite. Right.
0: Frank, cryptid. I I got two things for you, right? Cam Akers or Travis Etienne, which one?
1: Cam Akers. It's not a question.
0: Not a question.
1: I'm pretty sure Etienne's higher on keep trade Yeah, Etienne, Etienne yeah, 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 he is. I think I did, couldn't close. point to where the fuck the Liz Frank is.
3: Uh, uh, yeah, to be right, honest, Frank foot
0: frank frank in terms of injuries right uh, i'm gonna go with the harry potter analogy here and uh, i'm gonna go with spoilers so um george weasley he he lost an ear when he was uh <laughs> you know george weasley lost an ear
3: where are Fred, you going with this Fred weasley Fred
0: weasley got killed <laughs> between acres and Etienne. which one's the one losing the ear and which one's the one that's just getting killed like which one do you think is just going yeah, to lose their fantasy know. value the most. And I guess I asked the wrong person because you're not the doctor of this group. But like, I, to me, I just think ETN is more likely to get you know his, his dynasty value killed per se, while like Acres is, is the one who who might just lose an ear. Where if I'm thinking about this right, like we've already seen what Acres can do. Like there always will be Acres truthers. ETN, we haven't seen what he can do. If he has a bad season, he'll have the excuse. But his, his value
2: is just going to take like a huge hit. So the right. ETN so. victory after this season by me and Frank is going to be glorious.
1: I just think that the commentary for ETN in the league. I just think <laughs> that,
2: I have them both in the third and twenty league. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like I think that I trading for him is a little bit worse because you kind of have to give up a first-round pick and the ETN manager roster is not going to do that um but in a startup dude i feel like he's going to be going like around a Miles sanders price to me and i think i mean probably a little bit before that but i think in that scenario you can get a, a running back with some real upside at a very favorable price
3: all right so just to give you an idea of players that have had this this list frank fracture and surgery Cedric Benson never played again. Yeah, but he's Uh, trash. (laughs) Cedric Benson had a very good NFL career. (laughs) Anyways, and like the thing, the the asterisk with this is we've never seen it from a rookie. We've never seen a rookie get this and try to come back from it this early. But uh, Amir Abdullah, career backup. Ronnie Brown out of the league in two years after surgery. Santonio Holmes out of the league. Two years after the surgery, Darren McFadden never a starter again after the surgery. MJD out of, uh, out of the league one season afterwards. Cam Newton hasn't been good since 2018 when he had the surgery. Jake Locker played one more season. Matt Schaub one season. Alshon Jeffrey one season. So, as there's no real success stories. Yeah, there is a, a lot, lot, of of this, lot of those guys are older. older. Yeah, so those those guys are older.
1: Guys and, and that's so weird. He didn't play well until he was 27 he put up 1200 yeah, he, yards
3: he had, he had uh off the field issues yeah um so that's that's what i said there's an asterisk where we've never seen a player this young get it but just the history of the injury is very I, I think where is i the think don't, don't really one on the foot
2: it's like, it's kind
3: like of the similar top, with Cam Akers. Like, because if, your if, if you're gonna yeah, say that with
2: this. ETN, it's the exact same thing with Acres where we haven't seen you know, a running back come back from an Achilles.
3: But we've seen other, we we've seen receivers, we've seen other players. I didn't just name only running back. I named receivers. I named quarterbacks. There's, I'm just talking. Run to Rock
2: talking that. running backs though. Like we haven't if yeah you, if you're gonna say that because they're both young, like they're both what 22, 23 years old.
3: We just saw Emmanuel it was Sanders impossible do, to predict. come back from an Achilles at the age of like 32. Like, I, we've seen – I know a different sport. We've seen Kevin Durant come back from it and be an all-NBA all NBA caliber player true. again. I know a different sport. But it, we've seen yeah. the Achilles injury come back from – no one comes back from this injury and is the same. And I know we've never seen it, but I think that – we've never seen him play, and I think that's, that's an escape. That's where you go. Okay, uh, I'll take a first-round pick where I drafted him, and say you deal with it because I don't. Oh, want
1: Oh no, I'm not liking this list, Frank.
3: Yeah, <laughs> no, you don't want it.
1: See, the one thing I know about running backs, uh, I'm trying to hold on. I gotta. I don't know how to fucking maneuver this. Okay, back here. to
0: Damian Thomason. Thomason. <clears throat>
1: yeah, the thing is, is that the most important part of your foot for a running back is like right up along here, like this inside part of your foot, because you're always on like the balls of your feet. So like. It, it looks like it's right in the middle of your foot. So that that is seem, seemingly a little bit dicey, but I don't know, dude. I think the injuries are fugazi, fugazi, man. Some guys, you can deal with them. Some guys, they fucking die. All right? I'm willing to just roll the damn dice, dude. I'm at the craps table, and I'm shooting.
3: Uh, Listen, if, if you want them, by all means. But the problem is the price is still as high... As you drafted him, which is the problem. Uh, yeah. If he, if his price had fallen to a, you know a mid-second round pick, I understand the gamble there. He is a very talented player that is very young and and could come back from it. But the pri- the fact that the price is still that you know late first, I, I don't want to touch it at all. And if I could get the late first, I would just say your problem now. Like I said,
0: I I think in the interest of time, I'm just going to group these next five guys together, and you guys just shout out who you're least panicked about and who you're most panicked about. Because uh, they're all just wide receivers that were. Oh, probably one, one
2: of to. these people shouldn't be on this list.
3: I mean,
0: one oh, okay.
3: definitely going to be very panicked. Right. About,
0: so yeah. Josh Palmer, D. Askridge, Amari Rogers, Tylen Wallace, Amon Ross, St. Brown.
2: I'll say Amon Ross. I'm not concerned about. I think he's starting to play But He just had uh, the best game of his career. I
0: mean, let he's me so- put it this way: none of these guys are below a three on the panic. Like, like at the very minimum, there are four. I think I'd have on the panic scale. For these five guys, i'm gonna lower
2: than a four for me.
0: Uh, he's probably my lowest at four.
3: I mean, the, the caveat with with these guys is that they were all, outside of Amon Ra, who was probably a second round pick, all, all the other guys were probably a third or fourth round uh, pick in the draft. So, like, you, I think Amari Rodgers
0: was be- a late second. I was, I was. About Am I to tell a
3: crackhead you. that I still
1: want to buy Amari Rogers? Is that a crackhead? Oh, he's the one I'm the most so, panicked about. So I was <laughs> like about to say. I him. was about to say the same thing. Amari Rodgers is the one I'm most panicked about.
3: I mean, Tyler Wallace, you have to. Be
2: Wallace is second. About. He has those Yeah, those but the thing the is, top top you, yeah. yeah,
1: you got to remember, top top this is plate. the Packers we're those talking the top about. Top. They're like, they run their organization as if they are like a 75 year old grandpa, dude. Like they're willing to give their guys so many chances.
0: Dude, yeah, but who's throwing the ball to him next year?
1: I don't give a fuck because no one's throwing it to him now. I need yeah, him to well, get on no. the field first. Like, <laughs> the thing is, yeah, is well, they, right next year he pennies. won't be on the
0: field or I having think the right ball. Right now to him. he's
1: pennies. They're going to move on from the Randall Cobbs. You know, Marquez Valdez Scantling's going to find himself somewhere else. I think that Amari Rodgers, they are willing to develop him. You know, I think that they have more of a long term plan than, oh, we needed to de- that. That's what the fucking Packers do, dude. They take their players, and they're like, yeah, we'll take Jordan Love in the first round because we need a quarterback in 19 years, you know? It's like, and they're willing to sit there and fucking develop his ass for nine years waiting for the perfect opportunity. I think that they're going to do the same thing with Amari Rodgers. And, like, Uh, when you see guys like Aaron Jones eventually go and these other receivers and whatnot, I think that we're going to see Amari Rodgers be used, whether he's fantasy relevant or not, I have no idea. But you're getting to the point where he's pennies.
0: Yeah, I just think, for the most part, all these guys are pennies. You and know sure what? We're Fine, I'll put
1: the bait on me. I'll admit okay. that I'm taking <laughs> yeah. the bait. All right, yeah. I think that's fair.
0: Uh, even Amon Ross St. Brown, who had the, he was the one who had the game-winning touchdown against the Vikings, right? Um, to me, I, it's just like the opportunity he has. Like, there's just no one else there to <laughs> catch the ball for the Lions, so it's just like,
1: uh, he's beating out Khalif Raymond for snaps right now
0: sure <laughs> like the lions are going to have a ton like after jared goff's gone and everything like, you know whether that be this year and next year or whenever they get rid of him they're going to have a ton of cap space and you know i don't know if any free agents are looking to go to detroit but they will have the the room to make no, moves to. yeah that's true i i just think it it any wide receiver shows up there. He's Dude,
1: he's Matt, Matt Hill. So we are supposed to wait nine years for Amari Rodgers and love to develop LMAO.
2: I, yeah.
0: <laughs> Dude, they're going to look real nice on your. Ta- I, listen, they'll be I, your 10th tent- year taxi squad.
1: I'm out on Amari Rodgers.
0: I am too. I just. I, I'm
3: out on I Amari Rodgers.
1: The fact that Matt Hill just said my argument back to me, I might be out on
0: uh, uh <laughs> anything else you guys want to add on any Leave. of these
3: guys? Um uh, I mean, I scored. Yeah, Diestro just looked great. Uh, not great, but he's looked good in, in limited snaps. I mean, yeah, it's
2: it's been limited snaps, and I think I think he had a bit of a disadvantage with Geno Smith started four games, and Russell well, he Wilson was out was first. Was, two. The problem
3: was he was out most of those games. He had a concussion week one that knocked him out for like six seven weeks. He was out for a while with this concussion. He's just just now. I think this is his third game back. He scored this week, so. Uh, I'm interested to see how the Seahawks try to use him. He was their first pick in this year's draft, so I don't think they're just throwing him Yeah, my, Let's my, play the game. My,
1: Let's do the rank game. We have to rank them. How many of these guys okay. are there? There's five, five. 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 Oh, we're including Palmer? Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: okay, if I had to rank them, I'm probably going Ra, Palmer, Eskridge, uh, Rogers, Wallace, or Rogers. Those two are just tied for last, but it's Ra, Palmer, then Eskridge above them.
0: I would probably, yeah. I, I th- still like I th- Palmer a lot. I think I agree with Lewis's ranking. I, I almost flip flop between Palmer and Eskridge. Um, yeah, those two was tough. I'm not like, there's nothing that exciting about Palmer to be honest. Like he's just,
1: he's just there. What's exciting yeah, I think about him is go... Justin Herbert. Uh, yeah. No, I, I like Palmer. <sighs> um, I'm going raw one, Eskridge two. Rogers three. Palmer, four. Wallace, five. Mm. The pro- Wallace. You know, the problem I have about Palmer, I think he's a good player. I think he'll be relevant, but not relevant for fantasy. I just think he's, he doesn't have enough yeah, I think to, to okay. be, like, a really great fantasy asset.
3: I think I have Eskridge, one. Amonrod, two. Palmer, mm-hmm. Rogers, Wallace.
1: I was thinking about putting Eskridge 1 just because, dude, I I think he has the highest ceiling, even though there's so many flaws with him.
0: What a fall from grace Tylen Wallace has for you, Jake. He was your guy in the draft, and now you have him fifth out of these guys.
3: I mean, he doesn't see the field. (laughs) Yeah. He doesn't see the field. When you got the the likes of Sammy Watkins and Devin
0: Duvernay and James Roche, (laughs) it's difficult to get on. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well. I think there's a good place to end it. Uh, we could yeah. get into what we were talking about, what we have saved for next week, because we are already running kind of long. Um, so I think we'll have, uh, you know, episode 19 will have some exciting stuff, potentially a mock draft. Um,
2: so, yeah. yeah. With Thank that, you to everyone who joined us in the chat tonight. Leave your I know, comments. chat was kind of popping. Yeah, today. we encourage you like, to keep, keep tuning in. We live stream t- every, every Tuesday every night. Every Tuesday uh seven thirty. around starting around seven thirty, going to around 9 p.m so feel free throw any messages or questions you have any comments we enjoy all of it we appreciate you guys
0: yeah thank you and if you're on podcast thank you all for listening there too um i know you're trying to avoid Lunas's face i get it Oh, um, <laughs> right, so I'll see just you guys
2: camera off next time. <laughs> thanks guys